The battle for Rin's world. It all began on bad landing. An imperial system at the fringes of all dominated space. Only a few weeks away from the Rin star system through warp space. On 3650989M41, bad landing was invaded by Orc hordes under the command of warlord Snagrod, the arch-arsonist of Caradon, one of the many Orc empires which blight the galaxy. Violently independent and as hostile to other Orc domains as to any other kind of alien, the Empire of Caradon had endured for over 16 centuries under a series of different warlords, each more vicious and sadistic than his predecessor. The current incumbent, the self-proclaimed Arch-Arsonist, had conquered all the Orc tribes opposing him in a 12-year reign of bloodshed and war. This made Caradon the most powerful coalition in the anarchic confines of Orc space and made warlord Snagrod exceptionally popular with the Orcs under his sway. The single habitable world of the Bad Landing system was protected by three recruitment companies of the Imperial Guard from the 18th Mordian, 24th Lamas and 49th Boros regiments, commanded by Commissar General Alhus Baldor, plus a planetary defence network of ground-based missile silos and defence lasers, which had not been used or blessed by a tech priest in over three centuries. Perhaps, unsurprisingly, the Orcs made successful landings across the planet, although they lost a number of ships to both the antiquated defences and ill-considered landings in the treacherous dust seas of the Equatorial Quarter. The Imperial Guard troops fought alongside the indigenous Badlanders, and between them they put up a stout resistance centred around Krugerport, the only sizeable settlement on the planet and the seat of its government. But however bravely and desperately the forces of Bad Landing fought, the Orcs were both braver and more numerous. Orc big guns battered at the walls of Krugerport, and fast-moving war buggy and war bike squadrons ravaged the surrounding settlements, capturing or killing most of the human populace, who did not manage to flee into the caves, honeycombing the nearby Scratch Mountains. The Imperial garrison was swiftly outmatched by the growing numbers of orcs which gathered against them, and Krugerport fell within days, even as a counter-strike of Crimson Fist Space Marines was readied at their fortress monastery on Rinsworld. The irregular broadcasts of the arch-arsonist took on an ever more strident, bragging tone after the fall of Bad Landing. Warlord Snagrod boasted of the invincibility of his orcish legions, the power of his fleets and his ability to destroy the most powerful imperial enclave on his border, Rinsworld itself. Evidently, some sort of retribution was required to curb the warlord's overweening ambitions. Unfortunately, a substantial portion of the Crimson Fist chapter was already engaged in hunting Eldar pirates in the Wheel of Fire and securing the nagoth Qatar trade routes, so resources were limited. Although wresting Bad Landing from the Orcs' control would be impossible in the short run, Chapter Master Cantor planned a series of raids on Warlord Snagrod's latest acquisition. These would serve a number of aims. Firstly, they would secure information on the strength of the Orcs, their war machines and ships. Secondly, they would disrupt the Orcs and prevent them from tightening their grip on Bad Landing and exploiting its resources. Thirdly, 
they would encourage the resistance of the surviving humans now engaged in a guerrilla war from the scattered settlements in the Scratch Mountains. Localised warp storms delayed the first Crimson Fist strike cruiser, the Crusader, under the command of Brother Captain Draken, and carrying the Crimson Fist's fourth company for several weeks. On its arrival, the Crusader managed to slip into the system and approach bad landing undetected. The airwaves were thick with Orc transmissions, and the crew identified some 16 different Orc warships in the area of the planet alone. Though the wisdom of continuing with the planned raid was questioned in the face of the Orc armada, Captain Draken was determined to lead his company down to the planet's surface. Three Thunderhawks cut through the yellow haze of Bad Landing's atmosphere to place the Space Marines within 30 miles of Krugerport. Captain Draken planned to march his troops to the town, destroy its communications tower and water filtration plant, gauge the strength of the Orc garrison and then withdraw for extraction before overwhelming reinforcements arrived from the nearest harvesting rigs. The initial phase of the raid passed well, and nightfall scout squads infiltrated the town ahead of the main body of Crimson Fists and eliminated several guard posts to prevent alarm being raised as the rest of the company moved forward. Within an hour, the 4th Company had advanced within the outer limits of Krugerport. At this point, however, the Orcs became alerted to their presence and fighting broke out across the town. Initial resistance was weak and scattered, as individual orcs or small groups tenaciously held ruined buildings or recklessly counterattacked down the winding streets. Brushing aside this initial resistance, the Space Marines pushed towards their twin objectives of the communications tower and filtration plant. Showing the customary resolution of their race, the orc resistance soon stiffened. Within minutes, whole mobs of orc warriors spilled into the streets and a host of orc vehicles thundered out onto the plains around the town, hemming in the space marines and making vicious hit-and-run raids on their sides and rear. The fourth company became increasingly bogged down by having to turn and protect themselves against the repeated counter-attacks, and the two prongs of their attack became separated. Sergeant Werner, commanding the troops making for the filtration plant, achieved his objective just before midnight after several hours of fighting. All contact was lost with Captain Draken and the 30 brethren which had accompanied him to the communications tower, and in light of the casualties suffered by his own force, Sergeant Werner was forced to conclude that the captain and his men had been wiped out. Thunderhawks were summoned to extract Sergeant Werner and his men from the blazing filtration plant. By now, Orc ground defences were fully mobilised, and a storm of cannon fire rose against the heavily armoured gunships as they descended. Both Thunderhawks were damaged, and their crews injured, and only by the most strenuous efforts were the survivors of 4th Company embarked and the Thunderhawks taken aloft. More hits were scored on them as they took off, and one craft had an engine disabled. Unable to achieve escape velocity, the damaged Thunderhawk was forced to crash land in the Scratch Mountains, and no further communications were received from it. The Crusader escaped a bad landing hotly pursued by several Orc ships. Out of the 84 Space Marines committed to the action, 56 had been lost. The Orc warbands on bad landing and inflicted a heavy defeat on the Crimson Fists. Sensorium uploads to the Crusader were subject to stringent tactical analysis upon its return to Rin's world. The Orcs in Krugerport had proved to be alert and exceedingly aggressive. Their leader was identified as war boss Uzrug Magkul, a powerful and respected war leader 
reputed to be one of Snagrod's most dangerous lieutenants. Dangerous to the arch arsonist too, which is probably why he had been sent to Bad Landing. Uzrug's warband was mainly composed of members of the Death Skull Clan, easily identified by their blue war paint and war gear scavenged from the Imperial Guard troops slain in Krugerport. Uzrug's warband was known to be sizeable, but the number of orcs encountered in Krugerport was greater than its known size and included many from the Goth clan. It was surmised that another warband was present in the town, doubtless sent by the arch arsonist to ensure that Uzrug's ambitions didn't extend to building an empire of his own based around Bad Landing. The raids, which had been planned against Bad Landing, were suspended indefinitely. Chapter Master Cantor, a veteran fighter against orcs, could see what was coming by the strength and aggression of the orc forces encountered there. An orc war was gathering strength, and the attack on Bad Landing had only been the first stage, the first ripple of lightning at the beginning of a storm. More and more orcs would be drawn to the fighting like muffs to a candle flame. Warbands at first, and then entire tribes. Cantor believed any further action taken against the orcs would only stir them up further, accelerating their build-up to even more dangerous levels. It was suggested that Bad Landing be subject to the cleansing of Exterminatus to destroy the growing war. Cantor saw that this would only delay rather than destroy the war, giving it time to gain in strength and become more terrible than before. Even worse, humanity would be robbed of another precious habitable planet into the bargain. No, Bad Landing would be reconquered when the Orcs had expanded their strength on expansion and conquest, not while the Orcs were gathering their strength there. The Imperium would be informed, but fighting ships and troops would take months or even years to reach the sector, if they arrived at all. When the storm broke, it would mean years of fighting in this corner of the galaxy. Where the next blow would fall was impossible to say, but the Crimson Fists would need to be ready to stem the tide. The fortress monastery of the Crimson Fists was placed on alert, and all companies recalled. The defence militias of the human inhabitants of the planet were mustered and armed, even though an attack on the Crimson Fists' heavily defended homeworld seemed insane. Nonetheless, it was possible that Orc raiders might attempt a sneak attack, in much the same way as the Crimson Fists had at Bad Landing. Sirens sounded throughout the Crimson Fists fortress monastery, as orbiting Orga satellites registered an alien war fleet, exiting the warp within 10 planetary diameter of Rin's world. For several minutes, the defenders were paralysed by astonishment and disbelief that anyone would risk exiting the Immaterium so close to a planet. Optical scans confirmed the approaching fleet as a mass of ramshackle orc ships which were in the process of launching a cloud of assault boats and landers at the planet. Snagrod was apparently psychotic enough to try a full-scale invasion of Rinsworld. But the planetary defences of Rinsworld were not those of Bad Landing, weak and ill-kept. Defence platforms and system ships were clustered thickly around the planet. Great batteries of defence lasers and missiles lay beneath its surface. Within seconds of arrival, the first Orc ship was torn apart by incandescent blasts of flame. More followed moment by moment as more weapons came online and the defence fire intensified. Orc attack craft burned like clouds of cinders. The night side of Rinsworld grew bright as day beneath the terrible inferno which stalked the heavens. The Orc fleet plunged on into the maelstrom with reckless bravery. They blasted satellites and platforms, rammed or boarded system ships and monitors. The first assault landers 
breached the atmosphere and plummeted down on laser silos and missile sites. Their cargoes of green-skinned warriors spilling out to slaughter the defence crews. The tally of casualties and combat reports became a stream and then a flood as the fighting spread. Then, at the height of the fighting, a single missile from a salvo launched by Battery Laculum on the western flank of the fortress monastery went awry. At the edge of the stratosphere, it fell back. Its fiery trail, describing a long, elegant arc, back towards the heavily armoured bulk of the chapter's fortress. A single rogue missile should have been able to inflict little harm on those adamantium walls, let alone threaten its vulnerable arsenal, protected by stasis fields, ceramide doors, and hundreds of metres of solid rock. Yet, harm it did. By infernal chance, it bit deep into the impenetrable stone, its plasma warhead detonating with full force and breaching the arsenal walls. The ancient stronghold shook as secondary explosions ripped through the catacombs beneath it. Flash fires raced through corridors and up stairwells. Jets of flame geezered from every slit and embrasure, and in moments, the fortress monastery had become an erupting volcano of terrible violence. The rock itself melted and ran like wax in the resultant inferno. Chapter Master Cantor had escaped the destruction of the fortress monastery as he was engaged in surveying the outer defences at the time the attack came and was hastening back as the missile struck. So Cantor and a handful of Crimson Fists survived the conflagration and, grimly setting aside their fury at the destruction of the revered Chapter Fortress, retreated towards the distant planetary capital of New Rin City. With their fortress, heart of the planetary defence gone, the skies above them soon filled with the distant glitter of the multitude of orc ships in orbit. Hundreds of assault boats and landers streaked across the night sky like fiery meteors. Over the next five days, the orcs rampaged across Rin's world, virtually unchecked. Cities were pounded into rubble by orbiting orc ships. Settlements and farms were sacked and burned by the barbaric warriors in a frenzy of bloodlust. Columns of clattering orcish vehicles carved swathes of devastation over the Green Hills, killing and enslaving the populace wherever they could be found. Cantor and his men fought skirmishes with orc hunter-killer eater patrols, often barely escaping before more orcs arrived in overwhelming numbers. They travelled by night to avoid the attention of orc fighter bombers, which crisscrossed the skies by day. During the daylight hours, they were forced to seek cover where they could, lying up amidst the ruins of a farm one day, hiding out in an abandoned quarry the next. Food and ammunition grew scarce, but every night the distant thunder of all guns around New Rin City grew closer. On the tenth night, after the destruction of the fortress monastery, Cantor and his command reached the outskirts of New Rin City to find only shattered ruins. The central portion of the city was built on an island in the midst of the great river Pakamak, and this appeared battered but still standing. The rest had been destroyed in the fighting. Many orc forts had been built out of the rubble, and it was obvious that equally many warbands were vying for the glory of capturing the last city on the planet. Each warboss had his own schemes to cross the river. Some were trying to build bridges under withering fire from the defenders. Others were constructing boats or pontoons or submersible siege towers. Still others were bombarding the city with artillery. All existing bridges to the besieged isle 
had been destroyed. So Cantor led his men to a major underzoom, which led under the river near Jadeberry Hill. The Crimson Fists were forced to take a wide detour around an orc warband, mustering in the pre-dawn for an attack, and reached the tunnel entrance only minutes before the orcs advanced. They rejoiced when they discovered that the tunnel mouth was being held by brother marines of the Crimson Fists, who had been dispatched to New Rin City before the orcs attacked. Their leader was veteran sergeant Huron Grimm, who was astounded to find his old chapter master, who was believed to have died at the fortress monastery, emerging from the pre-dawn mist with the battered and bloodied remnants of three squads of his brethren. The rejoicing of the brethren was short-lived, however, as moments later all had to man the barricades to stave off the first of many attacks that day. A vast force of orc assault troops, with a high proportion of stick bombers led by war bus Uruk, battered at the Crimson Fists in successive wave attacks. After three days of constant fighting, the Crimson Fists were driven back down the underzoom tunnel and forced to use demolition charges to prevent the orcs following. New Rin City was left completely isolated and besieged. The 18-month siege of New Rin City and the campaign to liberate Rin's world when Imperial reinforcements finally arrived would make epic tales in their own right. As Cantor had predicted, it took years of fighting to reconquer the worlds in the Loki sector, which were seized by Wah Snagrod. Bad Landing remains in orc hands to this day. The Legend of Rin's Might When a malfunctioning defence missile had all but destroyed the Crimson Fist's fortress monastery, almost annihilating the entire chapter, the land raider Rin's Might survived the blast and was hurled clear. The detonation woke the vehicle's machine spirit, which went about executing the last orders it had received. Seek and destroy. Rin's might spent several hours righting itself from amongst the tangled wreckage before setting off in search of the enemy. It came across an orc vanguard shortly after, then attacked immediately, its last cannons and heavy bolters turning trucks and buggies into flaming coffins for the orcs. After destroying some 30 orc vehicles and chasing down their fleeing crews, Rin's might continued its search. For three days it scoured the area around the burning fortress monastery, running across several orc patrols and swiftly annihilating them. It was as night fell on the third day that Rin's might encountered a full orc warband. The orcs were thrown into confusion by the sudden attack of the lone space marine assault tank. Disturbed by the metallic war cries, bellowing forth from its external speakers. In the darkness, the land raiders' artificial eyes and ears served better than even the night vision of the orcs, and as they recoiled from its initial assault, Rin's might attacked with greater determination. Missiles and high-energy bolts scorched the hull of the land raider, but it continued its charge, crushing bikes and orcs under its armoured tracks. Its weapons lighting the darkness with flashes of las cannon bursts and heavy bolter fire, illuminating the battle with the flames of wrecked dreadnoughts and killer cans. The orcs attempted to muster a counterattack, their war boss gathering his bravest warriors and knobs about him. Rin's might noted this build-up of force and headed for the orc leader at full speed, ignoring the shells that ricocheted off its armoured hide as it drove over the mangled corpses of the greenskins. Out of heavy bolter ammunition and with its las cannons fused from near continual firing, Rin's might used the only weapon left to it, its bulk and weight. Many of the orcs fled from this image of the Emperor's fury, 
as it bore down on them. Searchlights blazing in their eyes, external vocalizers still blaring prayers to the Emperor. The warlord stood firm, though, firing blast after blast from his crude cannon, until a lucky shot splintered a track link and sent Rin's might spinning madly. Immobilized, there was little it could do as the orcs clambered across its hull with their tankbuster bombs, blowing off chunks of ceramite and adamantium. But Rin's might was to have a final vengeance. It opened up its hatchways and assault ramp, and the orcs poured on board, eager to loot what they could from the prize. As they entered, Rin's might slammed the entrances shut again, hydraulic rams cutting orcs in half and trapping the warlord and his bodyguard on board. In a final act, Rin's might overcharged its reactor, spewing plasma and poisonous gases into its own interior, incinerating and choking the greenskins that had got inside. Cantor ordered the location of Rin's might to be recorded carefully and left a guard over its remains, vowing to return and retrieve its machine spirit and give it a new body so that it might fight with such vigour and determination once again. And there we go, a little short campaign history there, just a short one this time. Uh, a, a legendary event, though, in Warhammer 40k lore, uh, the Battle for Rin's World. Um, it's gone down. It's just one of them seminal pieces of 40k lore with everything that goes along with it. Uh, the, the sad situation of the Crimson Fists, which has been slightly ruined by the fact that now they've all, their chapter's just been regrown with Primaris dudes. So, so that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for watching. I'll see you again next time. Thanks to everybody supporting the channel. See your names going by as we, as we talk. All right, see you later. Bye-bye.